We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up the Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. All right, welcome to the Light Years Podcast. So this week on the Blue Wire Network... Abner Mares, Sam, is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by a blue less, hopefully I'm saying that right, and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. So on Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. Uh, so he talks about the state of boxing, Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champ, uh, his American dream, husband and girl dad. So, so it's all it's all amazing. So listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares wherever you get your podcast. Episodes in English out on Tuesday and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesday. What's up, man? Oh, uh, you can say carne asada. Oh man, I'm. Uh, I think people. What did people think we were just like not gonna tweet? You know, when the Lakers won the title, did they think that was gonna stop us from from doing our job here for the people, Sam? I don't. I don't know. This is what we're born for. Finally, the fake season is over. Thirty-seven days till the draft. Forty-nine days till free agency. Actually, this will be out Tuesday. The fourth. 13th so technically 36 and 48 to be to be uh factual if you're listening to this on wednesday so you wait an extra day it's like 35 and 46 i mean i can keep going down i can keep counting down doesn't matter point is we're about a month away from the draft and six weeks away from free agency 
And I am excited because, you know, the, the funny thing is, like, all right, Steph breaks his hand almost a year ago at this point. <laughs> and after getting over, you know, kind of the shock and kind of like the suck, it's like, all right, so the year, it's, it's a tank year, right? And then it turns into the longest offseason of all time. I see you, by the way, waking up every morning uh, with the numbers of the countdown of the days to uh, the NBA draft. So, no, I hear you. Also, I think we've accumulated, and this is my favorite part of the offseason so far, a lot of new listeners, both to the regular podcast as well as to as well as to the um, to the Light Years Premium podcast. Which, if you want to get on it, you can sign up on. You can just go to our Twitter pages, and you'll find the link. We'll or get bluewirepods.com. or bluewirepods.com. If people are just asking us the questions that we've gone over before, and not only are we answering them, we have new answers. Every single time. So not only have we talked about Aaron Gordon and Miles Turner, now we're experts. We're, we're, we're giving the people literally I, I, every, I mean, we're leaving I'm no just, stones unturned. I'm just going to be honest. I've watched more Indiana Pacers and Orlando Magic than any human should ever watch. So uh, with that said, it is cool to finally approach the moment of truth. Because like ultimately, people listening to this podcast care about is what are the Warriors going to look like next year, right? Like, we know Steph, Clay, we know Splash Brothers are great. We know Draymond's going to do his thing if he's healthy. Uh, but what else is going on on the roster? Because it's been in flux for a long time. And, like, th- there's just not much to do. Like, you-, you see Bob Myers come up for an interview every month. And, like, they ask him the same questions. And he's like, I still can't tell you anything, guys, <laughs> you know? Um, I love the uh, I love I love the who are the Warriors going to pick with the with the second pick? I'm sorry to break it to you, they're not they're not using the second pick. So, <laughs> oh, by should, the way, you're uh, also watching Pacer stuff for Victor Oladipo. Come on, tell tell the people, yeah. tell the tell the people, Sam. Maybe sorry. even a little, maybe a little TJ Warren. I mean, I don't know. Uh, the the one thing I do feel comfortable saying, and I do think you feel comfortable saying, is, uh, and this isn't this isn't some sort of secret stuff. It's like they're they're actively looking at every scenario here. It's been well reported. Stuff that hasn't been reported kind of backs it up too. It's just kind of like, we'll see what they do, but they're not sitting quietly. So with that said, I want to get to one news item and then get back to the playoffs and then move this forward. Um, So we have, uh, they are going to do in-person meetings. Every team only gets 10. There's a quarantine process, but I think Mm -hmm. this is big for the Warriors because, um, I, if I had to bet money, I think the most likely scenario is a trade down. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be able to swing the Giannis or like Embiid trade uh, in the next mm-hmm. month. It just seems yep. unlikely. Yep. Um, but what is realistic is like, what if they move back four spots or something like that? Maybe they pick up another pick or something like that. And I feel like that stuff is really unlikely or it's just hard to do if you don't get to interview guys in, in person. We know the Warriors are big on the like the feelings and you know we make fun of them for like falling in love with dudes who wear suits. But like Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, they're big on betting on a person versus just looking at the numbers for better or worse. That's who they are. I was going to say I so I was going to argue that. Let's stop here and talk about it. Is that a good thing? Because I don't know I don't know 
you know, just because you draft a guy that's good personality wise, you know, whether that be Jacob Evans or Jordan Poole or, yeah, or Eric Pascal, they all seem like nice guys. It's both Steph Curry and Epe Udo. So like both it applies to go. both. They both they both dominate interviews. One of them's one of them's maybe the greatest point guard of all time, and the other one of them, you know, I, I think he's in Europe right now. I'm not sure. He's still he could have been a good defensive. He, I think he's could have been like Looney Ekpe Udo a little bit, but uh, not an Ekpe pot. I I just don't know how much that matters. But you're right, the Warriors do care a lot about that, right? Maybe maybe more than they should. How about in person? Like to me, in person workouts. Even that, I don't know how much that matters. But I feel like it's more important than seeing a guy. I guess if you could do all of it, it's better to do all of it. But uh, do you think, Sam, here, how about this? How about this? Let me pose you this question. Do you think that the Warriors care too much about drafting a good, quote-unquote, good, nice guy rather than drafting a guy that's just a well, good no smile player? Each, no smile against slander right now. You know? <laughs> you know? There's a reason why they don't like so, Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball, right? So I will say this. Today, um, Earl Watson, former Suns coach, uh, gave an interview and he talked about how Jason Tatum just dominated the workout in the interview. He hit 40 straight corner threes. I don't know if that's an exaggeration, but I, I get like what he's getting at. He's like, the dude just looked so good. And like, even if you go to the Celtics, the reason the Celtics liked Tatum more than Markel Fultz was not skill set. They both had a good skill set, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was, they felt Tatum had that, um, Kind of that personality we attribute to Clay Thompson, to Jimmy Butler, to to Kobe, to guys where you're like, you know, he's not a finished product, but I'm betting that this guy hits whatever his ceiling is. Whereas with Markel Fultz, they had questions how he'd deal with adversity. That was the big thing that was said. And you were right. And for me, in bad drafts like this one, that's a bigger deal because I don't think there's anyone in this draft who is Zion. Actually, I don't, it's not that I don't think. I know there's no one in this draft who's Zion. And you really want to make sure the person you're betting on is the person who in two years, everyone will be like, how did we not see that Denny Adia sure. was going to be this good? And for me, that's a combination of skill set and personality. Like, you know, the league's littered with guys who want to be great, but just – you know, they're a couple inches too small. They're a couple steps too slow. Like, for whatever reason, they just lack the skills, right? Like, even Harrison Barnes, no one would ever question his work ethic or anything. Uh, but his skill set just didn't develop in a way that, you know, he's he's just not going to be better than he is. He's, he's like a nice player, but, like, he never had that, like, handle or anything that developed into being more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm with you on the uh, on that piece. On the on the Tatum faults example is good. I just have a little bit of a uncertainty with the way that the Warriors have drafted players. It does seem like they've drafted a lot of nice, quote unquote. Again, I don't know if they're actually nice, good people. They seem that way, right? Who knows? But that's who they seem to have drafted. A lot of yeah, seems that way. But then again, you know, what about Draymond Green, who, who's someone that the Warriors love, drafted in the second round, also a good person, like. Where does he fall into it? Because he is a little bit more brash than Steph and Clay. Uh, so I, a little I different in terms of mentality. So I think, I think you're getting at. We need to clarify this. Nice. We're not talking about nice. <laughs> we're talking about. Um, 
what's the, what's the best way to put it? Because um, Carl Anthony Towns is nice, but he doesn't have it. He doesn't have no, but his skill set's so over the top. He'd go number one in this matter. draft easily. Um, we're talking about kind of guys who have, uh, I guess, just a competitive nature. And well, that's like what the, I mean with Cat, right? Yeah, it's like um, I think you would attribute to Steph and Clay, like they may not be brash or loud. Although they do like to talk when they start hitting shots. Um, but like they are the type of dudes who, if they miss a shot, need to hit it 10 times in a row because like they get mad, like that sort of thing. Like Draymond does it in a more demonstrative way where it's like yeah. if something's not working, like we're talking about a certain level of competitiveness and pride in what you do. Like not a dude. I don't want to throw D'Angelo yeah. Russell under the bus here, but like D'Angelo Russell is definitely came across like the kind of guy who's like, well, I scored 25. I did my job, you know, as opposed to being pissed that he lost, you know, yeah. it's like so, I shot, I shot 10 for 18. I did good tonight, you know? So he's, and that's what, you know, the it's been reported and what people have heard is that the Warriors probably would have been okay with tweaking their system to D'Lo. He just wasn't good enough and didn't have the mentality for them to actually go through with that. And at this point, you, you probably have to agree. Like, I, th- I think you'd say the Warriors are probably right in doing so. Um, because if they did, then now you've got a team. The Warriors might have won more games. Like, they might have won. They might have won if it was a full season. Maybe yeah, they like might have won five games. more games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They might have won five. But is it worth tweaking what's made you a championship dynasty for that? Which I would say Steve Kerr's right. You, you don't want to do that. So, um, now, for, for, this, for this draft, yeah, I mean, that, that's important. That's important, but I, I don't know how important it is when, when there's, I guess, the skill set of all of these players, Sam, just aren't that refined. They, they can project, even if they can project it, it's like, my God, like Pat, this Patrick Williams kid that, that people have been talking about lately. It's like, dude, I don't know. He could be Kawhi or he could be Perry Jones. Like, I, who, like, right. Like, you, I can, you tell I can me talk- that you know your line. I can talk myself into it because of his physical measurements and like some of the great highlights you see with him, you see certain, you see the good film and you're like, how is this guy? Number one, not number one. And then you see the bad film and you're like, Oh, it's a project. And that's, that's really where the the draft evaluators make their money in my opinion, because I look at someone like Devin Vassell. I feel pretty confident Devin Vassell will be an NBA wing for a decade. But am I confident enough to project his shooting and handle potentially getting to the next level and being more than a poor man's Trevor Reza? You know, I'm not a good talent evaluator may be able to look at him a little deeper and come away with something like this kid has the right mentality he has the skill set. He just has to work at it a little more, and he'll be really good. And maybe that doesn't mean he'll be Paul George or anything. Maybe, like if that happens, that's kind of luck. But it takes the right evaluator to figure out like, is this the is this the best option here at the pick? Because that's that's what we're really talking about now. Also, the other thing uh, read a, read a piece the other day that that did say uh, with the Warriors training cap that came up. They've refined Eric Pascoe's shot. They did say that he is shooting more on the way up than on the way down. They said that Jordan Poole 
has been working really hard in the offseason. I'm not sure what type of compliment that is. I'd assume everybody works hard, Sam, but apparently he's working hard. Um, so those are things that it will be fascinating to see because we've talked so much about is the development of staff good, staff good or not. I think we're about to find out here in the next year or so, uh, in the next two, three years. If they are, because if Eric Pascal's more like Eric Pascal came in last year, I don't think he did any type of work and was a good NBA player, like good rookie NBA player. Now he's we're going to see he's going to be a 10. He's he's a 10 year pro that alone in the second round is a win, in my opinion. But yeah, can he become more than that? Because because let's say this, if Eric Pascal sh- can shoot 35 percent from three, I don't think that's part of it's on him that he was able to fix it. But I think part of that's on on the Warriors staff as well. Part of that's like how the Spurs taught Kawhi how to shoot. Right. And now the guy's like one of the best shooters in the world, uh, like that type of stuff. Right. And I, and I don't think like like Kawhi is the ultimate outlier. But like, let, let's talk about Derek White. Derek White's a more attainable you draft the right skill set and he's developed it. Like every team would take Derek White in their rotation, right? That's what we're talking about when we're talking about like can Pascal get better and that sort of thing. Um, with that moving forward, I do kind of want to go back to the NBA Finals. We wanted to start okay. on this first. So we have some questions. I like this one. This one's Warriors related with the Finals. How reactionary to the Lakers championship should the Warriors approach be this offseason? Or do they have to plan regardless of what the Lakers accomplished? All right. You want to take that or me? You go first. I saw a I saw a, a tweet that said execs in the league are saying that if the Warriors want to get yeah, past that was from, the Lakers. That was from a friend of the show, Kevin O'Connor. Uh, um, good guy. I, I'm, I'm, I'm declaring him a friend of the show. But anyway. good, good beard. Maybe we got to get him on. He's got like a good scruffy one like yours. No, actually, yours not that scruffy. Um, you like actually trim yours. Uh, like his. His looks like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that looks good. <laughs> um, the people can't see. I don't think that you plan for the Lakers. I, I don't think so. That only puts you in a situation. Okay, now it's very similar. Just you can plan to be the best team and plan for the Lakers and both can lead you to the same destination. But I don't think you go into the offseason saying, we need this player to guard this guy. We need this specifically for Dwight Howard. We need this for Anthony Davis. I don't think so. Now, you can also argue that whatever the Warriors end up doing, it should be, you know, because like if you can get a defender to guard Anthony Davis, that should be a guy that you can get regardless, right? Like that's, it's the same, it's different questions, but you get the same answer. But I think thinking that way is also kind of like a loser's mentality to say, oh, like it's kind of like the Houston Rockets, like mentality, right? Where they come and they're like, well, we got, we're doing everything to beat the Warriors. We're doing this, we're doing that. I also don't think that's not how the Warriors think. Like that's not how Steph Curry and and Clay Thompson and Draymond think. Those guys probably come back and think that they're the favorites to win the title because, you know, frankly, nobody's beat them since they've been healthy. Here's a question for you Did the Lakers do anything? that makes you rethink what you think wins in basketball? Like, was there some sort of tactical innovation with them that you're like, (laughs) we need to address this because this is the future of basketball? Because here's what I would argue with the Lakers. The Lakers won on versatility. They, a take I saw that kind of, I rolled my eyes at was like, they're the antidote to small ball. And I'm like, Mm. No, um, 
AD's always been a small ball player. LeBron's always been a small ball player. They're just bigger. Like Bob Myers said this, and let me see if I can find the quote right now. And I wish I had it up right before we started, but he, um, he said, basically the three point shot has changed the league in the old days. Bigs didn't have to worry about guarding the three point line. Now they do. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to see in the future is bigs who are more comfortable guarding the three point shot. And Anthony Davis is that Anthony Davis is, it's not that Anthony Davis kills small ball. It's that he's the first big in the small ball era whose skill set is right for it. Like, honestly, if we go back to the nineties, like Hakeem Olajuwon and David Robinson were just as athletic as AD. I'm not saying they're as good or a bunch of things, but like, if they they have the same skill set that if you if people were chucking threes off the dribble, like if they were playing against a Dame Lillard, a Steph Curry, a James Harden, they would have had the ability to disrupt the pick and roll the way Anthony Davis does. So to me, it's not that the Lakers showed something new. It's that they just kind of, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, you know, they they kind of um, reinforced what the Warriors need to do, which is in some way or another, get bigger, longer, and more athletic around what they have. Yeah. 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 Um, I think there's also running back what the Warriors have done is it, it'll also be something where it's it's going to be harder than that they think they can do. We talked about this on Lightyear's Prime a, a little bit. Just because you want the next Andre Godala and Sean Livingston doesn't mean that you can draft Devin Vassell and think he's going to be that guy. Right. That type of thinking is, I think, maybe not the right way because everyone's different. Maybe Vassell is going to be a better... We saw Andre Godala, he's, he looks washed and they couldn't play him because he couldn't make a shot. Devin Vassell is not that type of player. Like if Devin Vassell is out there, you would think because he's shooting 40 plus percent from three in college that he's at least going to be 35 percent from the NBA with a couple years of experience. So it's like, just because those guys are wings and maybe they're smart players doesn't mean like you can insert those in those positions. Um, I think the Warriors are just going to have to tweak what they've done for the players that they're going to get, Sam. Like if you end up getting Josh Richardson, get him into a system that makes sense. I mean, Jay Rich is kind of perfect for them. Um, but they're going to have to would, And he would address well. athleticism and length. He wasn't like, here, here's the reality of the Warriors. This is how I look at them. Um, Steph and Clay we know what they do. Draymond, we know what he does. They lost Iguodala, who's a huge small forward. Kevin Durant, who is the size of a center, but play the wing position. Uh, Livingston, who's a big wing. Um, they lost... They lost... Who did they lose other big-wise that I'm not forgetting right now? Um, like Zaza. I mean, the big thing was Kevin Durant and those... Those yeah, players. So my so so my thing is they, just, they need to because like right now you have Steph Clay Draymond Wiggins does address some athleticism on the wings, but beyond that you're talking about Damian Lee. He's a nice shooter in the backcourt, deep in your rotation, but he's not. I mean, he's six four, right? Um, they do need to just get bigger all around in general. But when I say bigger, it can't come at the cost of athleticism. I'd rather have six eight with athleticism than 611 and lumbering. That's kind of where this. I'm at right now. Let me ask you this. Can they get away with someone like Glenn Robinson? 
Yeah, I mean, he can he can play in the rotation. I mean, right. when I look at the Warriors, I think they need four players, honestly. Like they and, and they need various levels. Like not not all of them are going to be starting caliber. Some of them can be Glenn yep. Robinson or Ken Bazemore. I think people, which I think those are like the most likely. Like we can probably put those down on paper right now and say the yeah. Warriors are going to end up with Ken Bazemore and Glenn Robinson this offseason for sure. Like we can put that down. Anybody else? We have no idea. We only we can only hear rumors. But but I think that's part of it too because I'm watching KCP in the NBA Finals right. as we're watching here. Like I'm watching KCP. I'm watching Rajon Rondo and even Alex Caruso and some of these guys. Look, they got LeBron. They got AD. They've got two top ten players in the NBA. But other than that, and two of the four best bigs in the league, and yep. maybe the two best bigs in the league. Honestly, like throw AD, throw Giannis in there. Those are the three best bigs. Do we count KD, right? Who knows? Whatever. He's hurt. But I'm with you. So other than those two guys, it's it's they're just putting role players that fit, which to me, if you put like I, I don't see why Glenn Robinson can't be making not those same plays, but effective. Same with maybe Ken Bazemore, but like those guys are effective in those places. A lot of it does come down to is Draymond, because at the end of the day, you can pick up who you want to pick up, Sam, unless you pick up Giannis. Can Draymond still guard Anthony Davis? Because they're not right. going to pick up a big that's going to protect the rim like Joel Embiid. They're not. Like, they'll get Aaron Baines or whatever, and it's fine. But at the end of the day, it's like, Draymond, are you going to get destroyed by AD? Or are you going to reach back into the bag and bring back 2015, right? Which we don't know. So, um, I think... They, or here's, they, a, here's another way to put it. Let's assume he can guard AD. Who's guarding LeBron? Can they rebound if he's on AD? I mean, they need all of this points to them needing multiple players. Like they need a center. They need another wing. They need, they need like, and that's, that's a thing. Like I see a lot of conversations about like, they should add X player, Y player. And I'm like, it's all fluid because this is the most turnover they've had in a roster in a while. Like it's not a situation where it's like, we need to sign a backup point guard and we're looking at this list of three names. It's like everything's kind of like, well, we can trade Wiggins this way and that might, you know, Miles Turner might solve the center thing, but now we got to figure out the small forward thing, right? Like, so it's just, it's it's all like, it all ties together in this way where it's it's going to be a really interesting off season for them. And we have no money, so... <laughs> we've got to get to the. We, we probably got to get to set. We're we're going through all the questions also. So this is going to be a. Let's go to the next one, Sam. All right. Um, this one ties the last one. I probably should have just read them about the same time from Spoona from the Discord chat. Uh, Warriors have the luxury of being the team everyone had to scheme and build to beat. Uh, that torch is now the Lakers. Should the Warriors' number one priority be getting someone who at least can bother AD after seeing him versus a Miami that is similar to the Warriors? I, I want to spin this question a little bit for you, Sam, uh, because my answer is you, Draymond's got to be that guy. He's the, be, he's right. the best defensive player. If he's not going to be that, that guy, guy, what's he doing? <laughs> You're done. Is Bam Adebayo, what did you think of Bam Adebayo in the finals? Uh, he was obviously hurt, but what did you think of him? Is, is he a defensive cornerstone? Can he be that guy that can go up against Giannis and, and AD for the next five years? Uh, I have some question marks, but I want to hear your thoughts. Okay, so two thoughts. This actually ties to something I had written down, which was I feel like Miami made me feel better about the Warriors. Um, mostly because Miami ripped off a bunch of the Warriors' offense. But for Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, who are just not as good as Clay and Steph at this point, I lo- I loved what they did. But like, 
dude, you're going into the NBA finals asking Duncan Robinson to be game six clay every yeah, game. come on. You know, yeah, it's right. like it's not fair, right? Yeah. And Tyler Hero, I think he's gonna be an excellent he is a good player. I think he's he has a chance 20. to be an all-star. Yeah. Um yeah. you know, having to go head to head with LeBron's a lot to ask of a 20-year-old. So with all that said, um I think what Miami showed me was imagine how good the Warriors can look when it's Stephen Clay and Wiggins, who's a scoring threat, and they get a center who's a scoring threat instead of Stephen Clay plus Draymond, Igudala, and Looney. And they're all excellent players, but no one's guarding them. You know, like we get excited when Igudala had one of those hot games where he hits 15 points. No one's guarding them. Imagine how good that offense looks when, and I think we'd both agree, Wiggins is what? A B-minus offensive player, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he can do yeah. some things, but he's not, um, you know, it's not like we're talking about Kevin Durant or anything here. Uh, but he is a scoring threat more so than Iguodala was. I think all of this points to Steph and Claire are going to get easier looks, or if they're not, someone like Wiggins is going to have nights where he goes 11 for 15 for 25 points because he just gets like six backdoor cuts. And unlike uh, Iguodala or Draymond, who have, um, you know, athleticism question marks uh, based on where they're at their career. Someone like Wiggins, like if you just give him a backdoor cut, he's going to dunk it every time. Yeah. So that was watching the Miami Heat. The great, it, it was, the Lakers had trouble scoring. Miami had way more trouble scoring. Right. The great equalizer to all things in the world, as we've seen the last six years, is the Warriors shooting. And every time you watch the Warriors, it's been like 15 months, but they can go on these runs that I don't know. It doesn't matter what Spo is trying to emulate. Like, I don't even, we can see peak Tyler hero and we still won't see what, what Stephen clay can do. Right. I think Duncan's maybe a little bit closer to clay. Like at no, at no point, the, um, at no point did the Lakers start doubling the shooters nope. the way that, you know, they would with Stephen clay, you know, Steph is getting a double. If he hits two in a row, the way that Duncan or hero did. Yep. So I think there's some, there's a part of the Warriors have to scheme for what the Lakers do. You better pray Draymond's that type of player. But there's nobody that can guard Stephen Clay and then be, there's no one. And that's always been the case. And I think that will remain the case. But like you said, right, when they start throwing those doubles, what on earth is Andrew Wiggins going to do? Because, yeah, he's a B minus score. You know, Harry B was kind of a B minus C plus score, but those guys get rattled because they're not they're not meant to be in those positions to be like that type right. of guy. Even KCP, like he made some big shots, but you know, even that, that's KCP, when it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think it was fantastic. I mean, Rajon, shout out Rajon Rondo, who was fantastic. He had a bad game, but he showed up in Game Six. I mean, you know, he was and, amazing and in the play. He shot forty percent in the bubble uh, from Look three. Like Steph. Look like Steph. Yeah. Uh, to your question on Bam, I'm not. I'm not uh, gonna give him um, a hard time for the finals because of the shoulder thing. I thought he played great defense up until then. To me, it's um, it's mostly about the the injury for him. Like, yeah, did he um, did eighty kind of own him? Yes. Would eighty ho- own him if he's healthy? Maybe, but he wasn't. I don't know. I, I just feel like Miami, they were down to six and a half men rotation. Uh, it was it was gutsy. Jimmy Butler is my favorite player of all time now. Uh, <laughs> but like, 
you know, they were, they were just, they ran out of gas. Yeah, Jimmy Butler does, does give me a lot of Draymond vibes pre-clutch. Um, all right, we'll get to the, the next few questions. Let me do a couple of reads here, Sam. All right, we've got Bet Online. They've been with us for a year. They are amazing. Uh, so the wait is finally over. Football is back with or without COVID. We're, get, we're going through this thing. You might not be at a game this year, but you may. You can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win the season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins. Uh, division and championship futures all day. I believe the Warriors have like a third best bet off, best odds to win the title next season. Um, so head to BetOnline today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. All right, we got one more. All right. So indeed, even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people and fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time. There are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it and fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash, slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right. We got some questions here. I want to start with this one. We're going to get into more uh, free agency stuff later, but Hyphy Dom, I just want LeBron slander and how the dubs will take out the Lakers. Should we just start talking about how this is the lowest rated NBA finals of all time? I was told LeBron and the Lakers was going to take the NBA to the next level, but actually it took the Lake, the NBA back to the New Jersey Nets versus the San Antonio Spurs in 2003, which I guarantee you I'm one of eight people listening to this podcast watched. No one watched it. I know you didn't watch that. It was terrible basketball. No one watched it. Wasn't it in the seventies, right? Wasn't it like the scoring? <laughs> wasn't the score? No, the scoring, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you just, you know, you you hit eighty five. It was like one twenty. When you have, when you've won a championship, your fourth title, when you have to say, "I want my respect now," is is one of the most. It, it just. You said contrived, Sam. It feels very LA. Where doesn't it feel like the guy wants every moment to be a Walt Disney movie like moment? Like he I wants just, the music coming in, right? He's just such the perfect Laker, and he's been this way his whole career. And I'm glad he gets to go to the fakest town in America where they can just like revel in their bullshit together. Because here's what I'm seeing right now it's like, Nothing is more Laker than no one watching the game, but somehow selling out jerseys and t-shirts the next day. You know exactly what I'm talking about here, Andy. The type of, I'm a Laker fan, 
but I didn't watch the game, but I watched a couple of Instagram highlights and now I'm going to wear my t-shirt and talk shit. And Whoa. I say this with a lot of respect for our friends who are true Laker fans. Shout out Laker film room. Shout out. Like they do have a lot of diehards, but I'm Damon, talking about yep. specific yep. LA Hollywood vibe. And by the way, they could probably point it back at us with a specific Bay area vibe and I'm going to let them do it when they want to. But until then we're going to talk about this right now, which is, I just, it's just, I need this rivalry to happen so bad. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's perfect. By the way, that's perfect. The, the, the world needs, uh, just Ryan Cole, who's, uh, who, who's just, he's hilarious on Twitter. He's Rise also the like best. the biggest, yeah. <laughs> he's also a big LeBron clutch Lakers fan. Right. And I tweeted like, and I think this is a, this is, I tweeted, Hey, Hey, congrats to Cavs fans, you know, congrats to Lakers fans that have been right. Lakers fans throughout <laughs> because it's like, you know, guys like Jason Maples and all these guys who have been look, my, my old work manager, who's been a Lakers fan his whole life. It's like, Hey, congrats. And then in rise, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, man, it's not for you. All this slander is really for the LeBron <laughs> fans that are like doing all this. And he said like, Hey, uh, I can't wait for next season. We can't wait for this rivalry because it's true. You know what you talk about, you talk about viewership and, and ratings and you know, what is going to, help the nba help the cba help just people give a shit about the nba from a money level perspective next season warriors warriors lakers like i, I think warriors lakers is what's gonna make that oh i almost said it's gonna make nba it's gonna make nba amazing it, it, it's what the people hate the warriors i don't think people care to hate lebron anymore miami lebron people hate I actually LeBron. but but the more than anything people are on one side or the other there's like, there's no one who is a Warriors slash LeBron slash Lakers fan. You either one or the other. You pick an aside and you want people to pick sides because this is yeah. one of my biggest issues with the NBA. Everyone's friends, like, okay, it's true, but it, it does not evoke emotion. You know, it evokes emotion, like sheer passion and rivalry and like, it's not that I like hate you, but I really want to rub it in your nose. You know, like when you say you hate someone, like I think people take it too seriously. It's like when, when you see like Giants fans, like I hate Dodgers fans. Like it's not about like, like wanting them to die. It's about like a sports hate and sports hate is good. Yeah. yeah so, okay. What I heard immediately yesterday when, when the Lakers won the title title, Immediately, and even actually, how about Game Five when when right. uh, late uh, when LeBron passed the ball to to Danny Green who missed it? Immediately, you see people on Twitter go, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! That was a good decision." And then after Game Six, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" He played on three different teams. Like, let's you know, this is amazing yeah. accomplishment. It's like, dude, look, there are people that are not going to like it, not like LeBron because they just don't like LeBron, and that's fine. Like, you don't have to keep telling people what they should or shouldn't believe in. Because like you said, right, part of what makes sports cool is passion. Part of what makes uh, part of what makes me, you know, dislike the Saints is because the Niners and the Saints always or at least have played in the postseason before. And the Saints are annoying as hell. Like all they do is bitch. Also, and like they've lost you. How many Seahawks. how many years have they lost you in fantasy because you took Drew Brees? Like terrible decisions yeah. on your part. Yeah. Guy can't guy can't pass on the road. Like it's ridiculous. It's like my God. But it's like that stuff, right? And it's like, dude, like it's okay if to, to say like LeBron should have shot the ball before game right. five. Like it's okay to say that. We don't need to go and have this whole argument about, well, that was the right shot, this and that. It's like, dude, nobody's even said anything yet. 
right? Like nobody's even, and we're already arguing. Yeah, go ahead. But like, that's the stuff where it's like, you need more. Yeah, we don't need to get that meta. Like, oh, LeBron is so annoying. It's like, actually, you need to discuss your own feelings about how you feel about yourself. (laughs) Like, what are we doing here, man? Like, so I do think like, inevitably, like anyone who's from the Bay Area will understand how much more significant a rivalry as a Southern California team will feel because you know Laker fans, you know Dodger fans, you know like people who are from Southern California. And it's it's not about it being like contentious or like violent or anything. It's about it, you know, it just, you want to be able to walk into your office Monday and talk trash to your coworker who grew up in Simi Valley or wherever the hell Tommy Gunn's from. Shout out Tommy. Like Alhambra or something. No, I'm with you. Like that's, uh, I just think of like rich Asian SoCal Torrance, maybe. Um, that's, that's the passion. I think the NBA is missing a little bit right now. Uh, that that's the stuff that people really care about. Uh, Warriors Lakers would be pretty sweet for next season. You know, Miami was, was pretty cool too. There just needs to be more of a, uh, it doesn't, it, it seems it's very LA. Like, like you said, what people are doing is, they're saying that they watched the game, but they didn't. It's like the same thing as when Sheed posts on Twitter, like, like you know, he's selling hoodies, right? Shouts to Sheed. And then you've got like 20 people that quote and say, I need it. But nobody actually pays for it. Whereas you've got the guys that are quiet, right? But actually like DM the guy, DM Sheed or DM you or I and be like, hey, can I get a shirt? Right? It's, it's, like, it's like what LA has done is pretty much like those, they haven't watched the game. They'll buy it and they'll post it on IG, post on IG story because it's like, like a cool thing to do. It's all—it's almost like when people are posting the blackout stuff on on Instagram, Sam. Where it's like, all right, just because you put a back black box on IG doesn't mean doesn't mean you get what's going on in the world. But it's it's that's LA. I've, you know, I've done. I've, <laughs> I put a black box up. I've done my part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Um, Next, there, right. there's there's okay. a lot of I don't know, man. There's a. I just wish he's perfect for LA. Let's let's uh, maybe we can stop there. Yeah, and and just I mean we we've made this point like for the last ten minutes here, but like passion's good. A little hate is good. It's yeah. fine as long as it's just you know no, like don't go don't go light someone's car on fire. That's all we're getting at. Like, but yeah. a little a little trash talk. It's good. It's fun. Everyone feels better. You know yeah. that feeling you got in two thousand sixteen when. Uh, it looked like OKC was going to beat the Warriors and everyone was a little tight and you're a little uncomfortable and you're a little worried about the trash talk coming back. And then Clay hits all those shots and it's like the most invigorating feeling ever. That's why you watch sports. So let people talk a little trash. It's not that serious. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. That's all right. Let's, let's move to the next question here. Um, would you take Austin Rivers as a backup point card from hey. Losing Recipes? Which is, by the way, amazing oh, name. That's why you're laughing. That's <laughs> why you're laughing. I, sometimes, sometimes, Sam, I think people just make a, make their their questions or or their AV names just on stuff that you post. You know, he changed his name to that because you post the Michael Irvin gif all, <laughs> or the meme all the time. Hey, we talked about Austin Rivers, by the way, as a backup point guard. Like I think this time last season, I love it. I think it's great. I don't know if you agree with me. I think it's amazing. Like, I, I, I want DJ Augustine. We were looking at, like, a free agent list. I want DJ Augustine. He's, like, a right. fun backup point guard. Like, he'd be fun to watch in the regular season. He could shoot. He could run an offense. He doesn't make stupid plays. 
maybe Austin Rivers does, but like he's explosive. He can get to the hole. He can shoot a little bit. He'll take a lot of dumb shots. You know, he tries on defense kind of, but he kind of stinks, but I think he'll be fun to watch and he's not a bad basketball player. Um, so maybe a Ventman. I don't know if he'd come for that, but again, like why not? Yeah. Why not? I'm, I'm, cool with I'm cool then for a Ventman. Uh, also, He's a lot better as a point guard in the Warriors system than a shooting guard in other systems because he's he's like six three, six four, big for a point guard, small for a shooting guard. Um, but the Warriors don't really use a traditional point guard, or they can get away without using one. So you don't have to worry about him like I guess having shortcomings as a playmaker, per se. Like he can do the like they love running like most the Spurs motion week where like the point guard passes and cuts to the weak side. Um you I'm not sure I've ever seen Rivers run that, but it'd be fun. No, but he could, in theory. That's exactly, yeah, in theory. I mean, I, I don't want Austin Rivers being a primary playmaker. But anyway, with that said, that's not really the concern here. Let's go to the next question. Rivers and Jordan Poole as your backup. Well, I guess it'd be Clay. Anyway, next one. <laughs> From GS Warriors 18 who's the best and most realistic acquisition to help with AD? Is there someone like Wiseman or is it just getting free agent bigs for cheap and countering with depth? A lot of Warriors fans that aren't on Twitter all day long, Sam, I would say the majority of Twitter fans because the majority of fans just aren't on Twitter. Love, love the idea of James Wiseman. It is Andy, 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 Andy. Do you think like, I I think I've got a guy that the Warriors should draft. What do you think about James Wiseman? <laughs> and and it, you well, you know why? Well, yeah. you can guard AD. He's tall. He's long. He can guard AD. He can guard Giannis. Like why? Why don't they want him? Like they need a big Andy. Like it doesn't make any sense. And I'll say, well, you know, like Aaron Baines is on, and they'll be like, what? Who the fuck is Aaron Baines? Like let's get the flashy project big. You know, I've talked myself in and out of James Wiseman like twenty times this off season. But if there's a projectable guy in this draft, Sam, that could guard Anthony Davis and maybe even find some pop on offense, isn't that James Wiseman? Isn't he the closest thing? Yeah, I mean, I just keep going back to, okay, it's not that I don't think a rookie can help the Warriors in the playoffs next year. It's that I don't want my rookie to be a key piece in my five-man lineup. So, like, for example, and this isn't a reason – like, if you think Wiseman is the best prospect, you take Wiseman. But, like, someone like Devin Vassell can come off the bench, give you 10 to 15 minutes in the playoffs. And, you know, if he's better than that, you play him more. But if he's not, you still have Clay and you still have Wiggins, right? Um, drafting Wiseman, I have this fear that they're not going to get a veteran center. And it's just going to be Wiseman and Looney and. Marquise Chris, and we're going to be praying Looney stays healthy because Looney's the only one who's played in those minutes. And, you know, Looney's a good player, but it's like, uh, it's like I have a, uh, I, I play in a two QB league. Well, the second QB is a super flex in fantasy football. Right. And a lot of people, they'd like to draft like multiple QBs. This season, it's been pretty funny because you've always got the idiot who didn't prep for the draft. So he drafts five mediocre QBs. Right. And he's like, well, I'm just going to trade them all. And, it, and nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. And so no, now he no, one's, no one's given him, uh, uh, what's his name? Alvin Kamara for like Derek Carr and Jimmy. 
He has Derek Carr. He has Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger. He has Teddy Bridgewater. It's like, dude, you have Jared Goff, right? He has the definition of mid. just a waiver wire, like, waiver wire quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, they're fine. It's two QB. He'll start two of them, but it's like, wh- like it's like the Warriors. Now you have six centers, and it's like you're developing three of them, <laughs> right? And just, and you can really so much Jordan play. Bell and Smiley Geach. <laughs> it's so I get it though. He he will technically have the highest upside. We've talked about him being a great asset, maybe for like someone like moving forward who may want to like maybe the Bucks would rather have James Wiseman than Vassell. But like you're saying, man, what's what's Wiseman going to be? He's not going to be Bam at a bio level for maybe three years defensively, right? And so, uh, if you draft Wiseman, it should not be for this year. No, you're drafting him because you think in two to three years he's going to be, I don't want to say AD because that's a, another level, but you think he's going to be a franchise cornerstone player. And you know what? If he is, that's enough. But it's not going to address your playoff run aspirations for next year, which brings me to who I think. Of the available options, I'm seeing three bigs who are potentially, potentially available for the mid-level exception. Okay. Serge Ibaka, which is my number one choice. Um, but I think he's probably going to get like, that's, that's kind of rose colored on my part. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you have Derek favors and Aaron Baines. So I think if we're can we talking, throw, is it okay to throw Paul Millsap in there too? While we have this, yeah, yeah we can yeah. throw Paul Millsap in there too. These yeah. are pure mid-level exception guys. I don't even want to get into the trade machinations. We talked Miles Turner last week. We will probably talk Miles Turner next week and the week after that. Um, these are guys who we know for a fact are going to free agency and potentially will be in the mid-level exception range. Ibaka probably above it. Ibaka would be – he would have to leave money on the table. Mm. But the other two, I don't know that we're talking about them leaving too much money on the table. How do you feel about those those uh, four names we've listed? Let's let's start at the beginning. Serge Ibaka. Okay, he's the best one. So, do we need to say anything there? He's he's just he's he still has it. He can shoot. He's the best shooter out of the three. He's phenomenal in the postseason, or he had phenomenal games where he could shoot the ball. Still athletic. He's long, right? Like that's the guy. He can switch. Draymond and Ibaka's perfect for AD. Like if that's that's who you want. He's got the size too, because I think I like Millsap the most. But Millsap doesn't have the size like Ibaka, where he can just bang. With like Dwight Howard, like easy, right. like like yeah. without without getting tired. You Ibaka know I mean? so is like, a legit six ten, six eleven maybe. Eh, probably more six ten, but he's got like the six seven five wingspan. He's led the league in blocks in the past. He can really shoot the three ball. Not much of a passer, but you know he can. I was gonna say he's, he ca- he's probably not the smartest player, um, which is why I like Millsap so much here as we go down the list. But you're right. If they had a shot, if they had a choice right it'd be Serge Ibaka but and and I, do they really need another passer at the center position you have Draymond you have Steph it might be kind of cool to just see them play with a dude who's willing to take the three or will dunk the ball who ha- who will finish a play so with that said I don't think he's coming because I think someone's going to offer him more money and I don't know that he's at the stage in his career where he um you know, is willing to let go of 15 mil for a five mil contract. So, oh. you know, we can hope, but probably not happening. Um, oh, another name, Hassan Whiteside. Stop. I saw that name, by the way. And I just, <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even fucking bother. I didn't. Guy that doesn't understand time zones. What are your thoughts on Derek Favors? We didn't talk, we haven't talked about him for months. 
because he's a solid. I loved him as a Utah Jazz just because he's like he's like someone that like doesn't really make mistakes. He's big. He's strong. He's a solid finisher, right? Uh, he's long. He doesn't shoot threes. Um, I've seen him make outside a little bit. He's like Kevon Looney, where he'll like sometimes shoot it. Most of the times he won't. But I think he's like the perfect like start every half big. Um, so if that's what the Warriors are looking for, he and for Looney, it. he and Looney have some similarities. He's a better finisher than Looney. Mm-hmm. He's a little stronger. Um, they're both really good players who just feel always snake bitten by injuries. I don't know if the two of them together is better. Like, you know, because both of you are only going to play 15 to 20 minutes. We don't have to, uh, you know, your injury risk is mitigated or if it's the opposite where the, where you're always like annoyed that they're both on the injured list at the same time. Like my biggest concern with favors is health. We already have, we know Looney's good. We know Looney can play some sort of positive role. Favors has just struggled with his health is my big thing with him. Uh, right. He's looked slow at times too. And I kind of always chalk that up to, to health, but you know, I mean, that's, that's, it makes sense. And even in the bubble, he did. I, Millsap's my guy. We literally watched Millsap play against Anthony Davis and the Lakers and he was fine. Like he's someone that I think in a closing lineup, you could play at the four slash four and five where they could switch off on AD rebound. Rebounding is going to be an issue. Right, we know that, but I think he's good enough. He's not a finisher. That's the problem. He's miserable at finishing at this point in his career. Um, he's still got some shooting. Smart player. He, him Shot and uh, the him hell and out Draymond of the ball this year, and yeah, in a way a that Draymond did not. <laughs> yeah, never and never will. But I think that's my favorite one, Sam. Like if that's someone, if that's a big, like I think that would be the guy that I would. Uh, There's actually I, I one, one of my favorites. We didn't discuss Aaron Baines, but I have another name after Aaron Baines. So let's talk Aaron Baines first. He's like Derek Favors if Derek Favors could stay healthy, right? And he's also a better defender. It's a lot um, bigger. He's a lot bigger. Like Dwight Howard wouldn't be a problem. Like we talk about this where you have to play 60 to 82 games next season, whatever the number is, and even the playoffs. You can't have Draymond Green play the five for more than maybe eight minutes a game, I think. Like the last four or five minutes, yeah. right? Like for four or five minutes of each half, you go small ball. That's it. But that's it. Because if you do that every game, like Draymond's getting, like, you, you know, we talked about this. So I, I like Baines. He's probably the second guy. Like I say, I think second most realistic um, and best. So I, I'd probably go Baines. Like he'd be fine. Also a great passer. Like the late, the, the late two, the last two seasons, he's played 93 games, um, which isn't really fair because last season, I don't really know how many games there were total, like 60. So, um, and he shot 35% from three. He I randomly hate, started shooting threes. I hate his three-point shot form-wise. I'm sure Steve Kerr will tell him to never take it, but he hits enough of them. Um, he does do a lot of the bogut things in terms of he's an elite screen setter. I mean, he's huge. There's a, the difference between him and favors is probably 40 pounds. Like he's just big and he's one of the few guys who are like that big who can still play in the NBA right now. Like a lot of the guys who are that big kind of got played off the floor. Um, and he can rebound. He addressed a lot of things. I just kind of feel like he might be bogety for them where like he starts halves, but like you're not closing with him because he has too many limitations. That's the number one. Th- so I'm glad you brought that up. That is the, so we watched Daniel Tice who 
you know, kind of similar to Baines. Yeah, good player. I I think Baines is better than Tice, probably, in all likelihood. But he's getting ripped apart by elite players. So I think if you want to finish with someone, I think there's a better shot of Millsap being able to finish than someone like Aaron Baines. Now, if you somehow end up getting like a four that you think you can close with, like, I don't know, like Rudy Gay or whatever, that you think you're going to for sure close with that guy, then maybe you go with Baines, right? Because you're going to clo- go with that larger four and the Draymond at the five. But if you don't get like a big four that you're going to finish with, maybe you just go with Millsap because at least you can finish with Millsap versus Baines, which like you said, I don't know if you can finish with Baines versus the Lakers or, or the Clippers or, or someone like that. Yeah, you can a, start. that's a fair point. Here's a name we haven't discussed who I forgot was a free agent. Tristan Thompson. The guy who averaged the who the guy who got less rebounds than Steph. No, he's uh he's like the perfect glue. Uh, I mean, he like averaged perfect... he's averaged ten plus rebounds the last couple of years. He can rebound the ball. <laughs> I know. I just, uh, I just I just he was a problem for Draymond by the way back in those great Cavs Warriors rivalries. Um, God, that's a good one. I'm thinking about it. he's kind of the perfect like dirty. He's he's like a he's like Montrezl Harrell, but not an idiot on defense. Like he's yeah, probably but at not the same time, not, not as good at finishing at the rim at all. Not as good, yeah. Not as good, which is like now you got Draymond and Tristan trying to finish. Well, I guess Draymond and Millsap trying to finish is pretty bad too. But <laughs> it's like these guys are vet men guys. Well, that's you know, that's MLE guys. You can't get everything. That's yeah. That's where it's at. It's like we're we're talking about trade offs here, and I think we've talked about it on previous podcasts. I would rather have Steph and Goons than. You know, put Enos Cantor in there, who's a great finisher. But then you're talking about what are we doing on defense, right? What? All right, so rank them. Uh, I've got Millsap. I, I'll probably go Millsap, Baines, and then and then Tristan. Outside of Serge, he doesn't count. All right, so Serge is clearly number one. We're, he's on his own tier. Yeah. I think Derek Favors. I, I mean, if someone can tell me Derek Favors' his health is good, I still think he's the best player of the bunch. But I don't know that I believe it. I think I would go Baines. I think I would go Baines over Favors, honestly. I think they can address some of the other. Um, sorry, Baines over uh, Millsap is where I'm at here. Yeah. Yep. As All much right. as is not like my ideal big, I know he fits a role and he'll help them win a lot more games. All right, let's keep going. All right. Um, let's see. It's a lot of repeats of the same question. There's a finals MVP question. You want to want to go that route? Go that route. Uh, we can do that one. Joe Pro 18. We'll make it quick. Joe Pro 18. AD should have clearly won the finals MVP, right? So let's talk about kind of like uh, what what our thoughts on who would have won. LeBron unanimously won uh won finals MVP. Uh, I think he should have won. I think you probably agree that he should have won. He he was the best player uh, on the floor. Most games. Anthony Davis, however, I kept tweeting this. He had so much Draymond Green vibes to me defensively. And nobody cares about that because nobody cares about defense. And people always say Draymond Green isn't a good basketball player. And you can obviously tell they don't watch that end. Literally every how many times, Sam, did we see Bam Adebayo shoot like an ugly floater? Tyler Hero overpassed. Jimmy Butler was overpassing. Um Duncan Robinson just couldn't finish. Oh, no one wants to attack the paint on him. And exactly. when you bring up like uh the issues with Millsap that I think about that, honestly, it's like, you know, no. So my whole thing on it is I, yes, I would give it to LeBron 
I don't have a problem with it, but the whole thing reminds me so much of Steph and KD where, um, in my opinion, one player is the one who makes the whole offense go. And it's just, it's just hard to make an argument for the other guy because he's the beneficiary of it. Like no matter how talented AD is, and he is that damn talented, he's the beneficiary of the offense that LeBron creates more than anything. Um, On the flip side, AD's defense. I mean, he lived up to all the hype and then some of being the defensive player of the year of just I mean, he's the future. Like, if you were to ask Bob Myers, he would describe his ideal defender as Anthony Davis. Like, I don't know, a guy who's like 6'11", 7 feet tall, 7'6", wingspan, moves like a guard, has instincts. Like, that's what you want. Yeah. I think the only guy that can maybe come close – well, actually, not maybe. The guy that can come, that comes closest and maybe better is Kevin Durant. Healthy, right? Giannis is, yeah. is there, too. Defensively, um, Giannis I, – I mean, right. I actually wanted to make this rant. I made this rant earlier. Part of the reason I really hate the Bucks is they have one of, like, three players who are defensively that gifted, and they put him in the most conservative scheme ever. Like if I had Giannis on my team, I would be playing Giannis at the five, maybe not all game, you know, the same reason you don't play Draymond or AD at the five all game because you don't wear them down, but you build a roster so that they can play the five when it matters. And the bucks just have them in drop coverage with Brooke Lopez and they're not interested. And it's just, I'm watching this and I'm like, do you watch the playoffs, bud? Like ever like Budenholzer seriously. We're getting to those hours uh, where Sam just is ranting. By the way, my favorite, and I'm with you. It, it's it's the problem with the Bucks, both offensively and defensively. Which, by the way, good for the Lakers, where they made an adjustment with Alex Caruso bringing him in. They they could play whichever way they want to play, and they have that's all. That's and the that, thing about that was always actually that's what um, surprised me at the Lakers. I didn't know that they could in the in the in the regular season. I was I was questioning if they could go small. You know, the thing is too. The fucking Clippers had the talent. Like, you look at Miami, did not have the talent. But the Clippers had the talent if they weren't such just idiots to actually compete on that level with the Lakers. But, I mean, I still think the Lakers would have won. But they had the talent. Like, that would have been a closer series. At no point, I think, did you think that the Heat were going to beat the Lakers, which is the frustrating part with the Clippers this season, right? But that's always the LeBron thing. And he adjusts just as quick as any other team and franchise and player. And that's how LeBron is. He does whatever he needs to, to win. And I think that's some, some of versatile. the criticism. Yeah. Criticism with the Warriors is that they don't adjust because they stick to that one system and they don't, ha- they don't do it until they have to. So um, enough Lakers stuff, like gross, gross. Next, qu- <laughs> next question. All right. Let's, let's get to the discord here a little more. Uh by the way, there's a Vassal Miles Turner question. We answered that on the last, literally the last podcast. So if you did, and we'll get into it in the next ones, but I don't want to do yeah. it right now. Yeah, you could just listen to those. Uh, <laughs> this one's out of the blue. Um, we're going to end with these two. These two are out of the blue, but let's end with these two. From Rishi Desai, um, I apologize if I mispronounced that. The loyal listener, um, question for the pod Do you guys think the NBA should consider removing the corner three? redraw the court with the three-point arc getting cut off on the sidelines. Oh. Where do people come up with this stuff, Sam? Do you think they just smoke a bunch of weed 
and then just come <laughs> on a light light years premium discord and I, by the way, I think that's fascinating. I think it's almost as fascinating as a, I'd want to hear the reason. I wish he had put a reason um, why he wants to do that. I think the four point line is pretty cool too. Um, the three point arc, I think what he's probably means is that it's kind of like a shortcut, right? So it's, right. if you're bad at math, like I'm bad at math for an Asian dude. If you're bad at math, there are certain shortcuts or things that you can kind of game the system on when you're taking a test. Especially like, for example, if you're taking the GMAT, right? You can kind of guess and process elimination and kind of thing. You can kind of game it and say, well, it's either B or C. And so I'm just going to pick one instead of actually figuring out the equation. I think for a lot of teams, I think that corner three-point line is if you can't shoot, then you kind of game the system and you kind of try to get as many corner threes as possible, especially for guys who, like P.J. Tucker, aren't real shooters. So I can see that in essence helps the Warriors, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think anything that makes shooting harder probably helps the Warriors because anything that makes shooting harder makes guys who can truly shoot the ball a premium. So it's kind of counterintuitive because most people would assume it's the opposite, but I don't know. I I don't necessarily agree with this one, though. I don't think you need to redraw it. I think you just need to fix the rules. I think you need to give perimeter defenders a little more leeway to use their hands. Like the way I feel about it is if guys can use their hands more, I think Steph and Clay become more valuable because inevitably they'll still shoot better through tough defense than let's just say Damian Lillard, who's a fine shooter. But like, do you really think Dame shoots 38, 39% of dudes can touch him the way that they, you know, used to be able to? I don't think so. I think he'd yeah. be forced into a lot more mid-range shots. I think Steph, on the other hand, would be able to hit 42% no matter what. Agreed. Uh, a lot of it too is is the the closeout is one of the worst things in basketball to watch right now. Right. Um, it's 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 just a bunch of guys that are just pump faking or jumping like Jay Crowder shooting threes and getting fouled. It's just stop. I hate it. And then right, it, yeah, yeah, like we don't need <sighs> the league has gotten to a point where guys like Jay Crowder take nine threes a game. That's where you have to start reconsidering. Is this what we should be incentivizing? Yeah. Last question. This one's for you, Andy, from Denny Dubs. Question for the pod. Should the Niners tank for Trevor Lawrence? Uh, Twitter's been telling me there's this other guy. You know, it's like a 3-3. Three, three, Trey Lance, baby. Yeah, whoever that is. I don't know who he is. He looks like North Patrick Dakota Mahomes, State. So maybe he can be Mahomes. Maybe he can be Jordan Love, you know, who doesn't seem like he's good at all. God, the Niners are <laughs> Niners are miserable. I don't know what happened. I, you know, I think here, here's my thing because it's a Warriors podcast, and I want to connect it to the Warriors. Kyle Shanahan really, really, really gives off Steve Kerr vibes. Uh, one, the system, but number two, the guys that he wants to scout and the quarterbacks that he wants to bring in. To me, him not like I don't think Steve Kerr would want to coach James Harden, despite the fact that James right. Harden is a top. 5'10 player in the NBA. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan is first coach Russell Wilson. Yeah. Or Patrick Mahomes, or let's even make it Lamar Jackson, who's been struggling this year, right? I don't know if Kyle, like, I think Kyle Shanahan would rather coach a a, a more conventional quote unquote quarterback than those guys. Right, right. That's a problem to me. That's a problem. Kyle Shanahan is a genius. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL, but that's a problem. I, I think at some point you've got to, uh, He's old school, despite the fact that he looks like he's 12 years old. But it's like, you've got to... With RG3, he was sicked on RG3, right? Like, he didn't he didn't get the guy. It wasn't his guy. Right. He wants Kirk Cousins. And and I, to me, it's like... 
Well, it was, is, it was is not drafting to Sean and Mahomes. Yeah. yeah. It is similar to Steve Kerr because like, um, I feel like the NFL is moving in a direction where the quarterback has to be more of a direct attack guy, like the same way like you see Kyler Murray and uh, obviously Lamar. Who might not be that good by the way, right now. Yeah. Uh, he's good for my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he's young. What, he's I was young. Gonna, he's what I was going to say is um, it's like the run pass option, the RPO is almost like the pick and roll where um, old school guys like her, like, all right, we're just going to run the pick and roll every play. Like, that's too predictable. A team will beat you eventually. And it's right. Even you saw it with like Lamar Jackson in the right. playoffs, you're like, against a good defense, they know what's coming. And it may run over 25 teams, but you got to beat the top five to win the title. Right. And so I think some of that leads to, I don't want to say a lack of creativity, but like overcorrecting the other way somewhat too much, where like the Warriors may not want to pick and roll player even though he might be the best option. And that's where I think it ties together. How this all ties to Trevor Lawrence, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, let's, I, I don't think they should tank. Also, in the NFL, you can't tank. Like, you, you just can't tank. There's too many players. There's like, no amount just, of – like, we, we just saw tank. them. As bad as the Niners have looked the last two weeks, they blew out the two New York teams by, like, 30 points each game. There's yeah. no level of tanking they can do to, like, get a top pick over those two teams. Yeah, it, and it's not it's not a lottery, right? And, and I think they'll still win seven to eight to nine games. Like I don't I don't think these guys are a four win team. Like Sherman's coming back here. Um, the other thing, there's only so much. Like Kasha Hannan's prototype is Kirk Cousins. There's really only so much that guy can do. You know what I mean? It's like the same thing yeah. with uh, uh, with like a three and D wing or or not even three D wing. Like guys like Alfonso McKinney or, or whatever. Right. Like there's only so much these guys can do. There, I almost think that. Shanahan would rather it's like from a wide receiver perspective he would rather have the guy like Trent Taylor or like Dante Pettis who's like a shifty kind of like can run great routes versus like DK Metcalf yeah versus like DK Metcalf who's just like a freak athlete can't run a fucking route but you're not guarding him you're not guarding DK Metcalf like he's about to be the number one receiver this year well yeah you know what you know it helps having a quarterback who can throw it wherever the hell he wants so you know, Ayuk's getting open. Debo's getting open. Yeah, that's they bad. are. They're actually really good. So they're really good. We'll leave it uh, there. The Niners are frustrating. Well, your Raiders are good, so we'll, we'll we'll leave it there. The Raiders are back, baby. They are back. I saw Mark Davis pointing at someone this this weekend. It's a good meme. Sam will make good use of that. I need it. <laughs> I need. I need to see. That was the best game I've seen from Derek Carr in like five years. I just need to, I need to see it a couple more times. I saw the dude throw it downfield like five times, like big time. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't buy it. I don't know. I. I need to see it again. But with that said, we'll be back next week with more draft talk, more free agency talk, and more Lakers sleep. All right, man. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.